day, God's call on our life and on our church is to make a difference in the kingdom uh, of God. Amen? It's God's plan. It's the mission of God. It's what all of us are commissioned to be a part of. And, um, and even the text, 2 Corinthians 2.15, is not my text today. I'll preach something different. But it's, uh, it's the text the AG uh, picked for this year's theme. We are, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Hey, I don't know which one you belong to, but if you're saved, how many know the saved and the lost, basically? Because once you're saved, how many know you're still being saved? Positionally, we're saved. Does anybody know we're in the right position in Christ? If you're in Christ, you're a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. If you're in Christ this morning, you're in a good place. You're being saved and uh, will be saved. So we're saved, we're being saved, sanctified, and you will be saved, glorified. So justification, sanctification, glorification. Y'all got that. It's not a lesson in theology. I'm just telling you, you're in a good spot if Jesus is in your heart. You're in a good place. Amen? And you're in a temporary place. You're in a two-dimensional place. Because before Jesus came into your life, you were one-dimensional. Well, actually two-dimensional. You were going to be eternal somewhere. Uh, but it may not have been the access into heaven. You might have had access to door number two. We don't want to get down and, and to the nitty-gritty. Uh, but how many know this uh, culture of the world today doesn't want to preach about heaven, and they certainly don't want to preach about hell? You don't hardly ever hear anything preached about the second coming. But how many know he's still coming? Whether we preach it, whether we believe it, any moment now, the assemblies of God, at least, or the God of the assemblies, we believe the word of God says any moment. And with all the commotion going on all around us, this is not the time to live with a half-hearted lifestyle. Halfway committed. I'm not sure I'm in. I'm not sure I'm out. But if you're in Christ, you're being saved and also to the perishing. That's like I am a sweet, pleasing aroma to those of, of you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm a pleasing aroma to God, to you, and to those who are being saved. Why is that? To those that are being saved, I'm shepherding the flock. To those that are lost, I'm trying to reach them. That's what the whole thing's about. You should have a transformation power about you because you're born again. You're in Christ. And everybody who believes that said amen. But that's not my text. And uh, Philippians 3.20 is, is the text. And I'll see if I can go there. Uh, I got a few scriptures. And a lot of, uh, you know, to say. And since it's like fall back one hour, I have two hours to preach. Whoa, I'm excited. Philippians 3.24, our citizenship is in heaven. It's in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my text that I'm going to jump from and I'm going to go into. But... Uh, it's a serious thing. I am so excited about the coming of the king. How about you? And last week we looked at eternal perspectives, and I hope that gained, maybe you gained some insight on the invisible, visible realms. So we get so caught up on only what we see, smell, touch, hear, taste, our science, our senses. You know, and uh, ever from a, a child in, in this world, in this world, I mean, oh, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We have dual citizenship. 
So I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and I'm very proud of it. God bless America, the land of the free, and a few confused. But I'm glad. But this is not my home. I'm patriotic. I celebrate. Thank you, veterans, for fighting for our nation, keeping us safe. But this is not my home. I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim passing through. I'm only like camping out. And whether God has already given me 60 years, which I'm very grateful, 40 out of the 60 I have been in Christ. And I almost believe like 20 years was wasted. But God in his sovereignty knew who I was and where I was before the foundation of the earth. He knew. And I'm thankful for that. So I hope you got some insight. But, of course, there are different dimensions of the spiritual realm. Ephesians 1.21. Let's just get into it. Uh, verse 3, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with what? One or two? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What? Hey, let me ask you now. Have you reached your full potential as a born-again believer? Have you walked into the blessing, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? Where is it at? It's in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. Just as he chose me and you in him before the foundation of the world. Before he spoke the world in order, you was in his mind. The blueprint, the mind of God before the world was even. Before you were physically here, you were already in the heart and mind of God. So when he made you, he just placed you in the pattern blueprint that he had already had about you. I mean, know the Lord loves you today. So you have all of this. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding being opened, enlightened, illuminated, that you may know, know what? Know what the hope of his calling is and what the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints is. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Anybody believe here? Any believers in the house? If you believe, man, there's a lot of potential in this house. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him where? At his right hand in the heavenly places. This morning, I want to talk to you about heavenly places, because that's where it's at. And I think many, many born-again believers are not living to their full potential, because to get what he's talking about, you have to leave this dimension and go to another dimension. It's all there. I said, I'm thankful for what he has here. There's some good things. How many know when God created it all, he said it was good? And when he gave a man, a woman, he said, it's very good. And I said, amen. And all who want to be happy said amen too. Well, you, you lost your chance, guys. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, and you, he made alive. So what he did, he quickened our, our deadness. We were dead in sin, born in sin. Are y'all following any of this? But when you got born again, he made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, this dimension, according to the what? What? The prince of the power of the air. 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So when we talk about eternal realities, last week we talked about eternal perspectives. This week I want to talk about eternal realities, that there is reality going on that you don't even really see, that sometimes you're not even aware of, cognizant of. Can I tell you the heavens are full of activity this morning? While you were worshiping in here, there was also worship going on up there. And while the enemy was warring against you down here, how many know there's warfare going on there? The prince of the power of the air is very busy. Very busy. So it's far above, Ephesians 1.21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, that's who Jesus is. This is where God placed Jesus. And not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. Jesus is two-dimensional. And because of his resurrection power, and because we have been born again, he quickened us, made us alive, and now we, who were at one time one-dimensional or two-dimensional. A little weird. I knew it'd be weird. And uh, you're, you're just overwhelmed, and so I get it. Stay quiet. It tells me that you're mesmerized. So we are in him, right? And because we are born of the Spirit, we too are two-dimensional, okay? And so our problem with understanding the heavenlies or God's spiritual realm is that our human language and capacity, our limitations, if you please, um, they only see the physical world, so it makes it hard to understand the spiritual world. But I promise you, my friends, this word is slapped full of text, scriptures, of another place. Jesus said, I'm going to another place to prepare a place for you that where I am now, you will be with me later. You know, if you're only living for here, you're living way below the potential of what God has for you. And so many depressed Christians, Christians that have no hope, they have no vision, they have no blessing. I'm just, I'm just existing. Hey, that's your fault. I mean, oh, every spiritual blessing is available to you. You have access in him to the heavenlies where there's no bankruptcy. Where there's no sickness. Where, where, where there is nothing that can stop him from doing what he wants to do. No limitations at all there. Here, nothing but limitations. 1 Corinthians 2.9, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. And no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for them who love him. Quoting from Isaiah 64, 4. I want to know, anybody here love the Lord? Your eyes can't even see, your ear can't hear, your mind can't even fathom the plans and things that God has in store for you. Crazy. Man, it sure, it sure encourages me. I could pray and go home right now. I'm encouraged. Make a tadpole want to slap a whale. I mean, pew. So we must learn the word of God and the vocabulary about the heavenlies. It goes on to say, but God is, verse 10, has revealed them to us by his spirit. In other words, God, in other words, God imparts to us spiritual understanding of the spiritual realm. How? By revelation. And I know the charismatic renewal made everybody think you're mystical and spooky and, and special. I mean, no, there's nothing spooky about it. It's spiritual. 
that realm is more real than this realm. There's more activity going up there than there is down here right now. Around the throne, 24 hours a day. If there is a day up there, how many know everything there is different than here? Here is temporary. I don't guess y'all are hearing me too well. Here is chronological, day by day. There is chronos, kairos. Chronos here, kairos there. So the things and the times and the plans and the schemes are eternal. They're eternal. So when you look at this, you have, to, you have to understand what's happening here. And it comes through the Spirit. That's why Paul says that the eyes of our hearts are enlightened, right? So you're closer to spiritual realm than you think. And we know the spiritual uh, realm runs parallel to the earth or the physical realm. We know that. And, uh, and God opens the door to the Spirit. So I want you to see into the spiritual realm just a little bit. Say, well, I'm so full of the flesh, I can't see anything. Well, you know, maybe so. But I'm going to help you get out of that. Because if you don't get out of this physical realm into that spiritual realm, you're not going to have the right perspective. You're going to be self-destructive and self-defeat. And I've never seen a day in church where so many people are so defeated. Defeated. They lose their joy. They throw in the towel. They lose their faith. They lose their hope. They lose their, their peace. I mean, no, that's not God's will. So one glimpse into the heavenlies, and the first thing you see is fierce warfare. Warfare going on. Satan's not happy. But God, look at Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. God, in, rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses of sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Amen? Nothing you can do. Nothing I can do. And he raised us up together, together. Touch your neighbor and say, hey, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. He raised us up together, us and the church and Christ. And he made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made us for that purpose. He gave us access. Remember in Hebrews when Jesus uh, died on the cross and he took and he, and he paid the price for sin with his own blood? And, and Hebrews says he split the skies and he went straight through uh, to the next dimension and placed the blood on the mercy seat. And God accepted his sacrifice. And now you and I have access. Therefore, it goes into saying, boldly now you can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Man, if you get this, if you get this today, it'll change everything about you. You will transform earth because you understand the heavenlies. That's what's going on. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, say amen. So verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's us. Paul's talking way back then about us right now in the ages to come. Look at verse 10 of Ephesians 3. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the church, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So God's going to reveal to his people What's really going on? So let me just give you an example. You think that there's a war going on between Iran and Israel. How many know it's the prince of Persia against the prince of peace? Are you seeing what's really going on? You got to leave this earth to go to that place to understand this is bigger than a war in the Middle East. Way bigger. But oh, we're at war. We're at a war. No, we're not at war. 
all of hell is convulsing because we're getting closer to the end and Satan's time is running out. I mean, no, this thing's about to come to an end. That's what we're shouting about. Man alive. So I want to take you a couple of places. Uh, I know it's a fierce warfare is going on. This is where Satan is and his army are busy trying to stop us from uh, God's blessings, God's plans, God's will for our life down here. Remember John 10.10? 10? The thief comes for what? Kill. Say it together. Come on, church. Get it together. The thief comes to and destroy. That's his goal. That's his whole goal. That's what Satan's spending with all of his imps and all of his demons and all those in the prince and the power of the air. They constantly, constantly are agitating, aggravating the accuser of the brethren day and night, all day, trying to destroy you and your peace. And not just you, but your family and your children and your children's children. You see that? He wants to destroy your mind. He wants to destroy your your emotions. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy the church. Because you are the most impactful thing, making a difference, transforming the earth. Oh, Grove, you may not know your value, but you give to over 100 missionaries around the world. Could somebody help me celebrate? We're punching the face. We're punching Satan in his face. Don't you ever wake up feeling like punching something? In Jesus' name? Only spiritually. I'm only spiritually. Hallelujah. So, Pastor, is there any, any worship going on up there? Of course. For every bit of warfare, how many know there's worship? So don't worry about it. If we're going to be more like what's happening there, if we're going to be a pattern here like what's happening there, you're going to see warfare and you're going to see worship. You're going to see warfare and you're going to see worship. So, boy, what a powerful worship time we had. We could have gone home after that. Amen? powerful presence of the Lord. I believe God did some things in that atmosphere. But it's an atmosphere like that, fills with faith. People are filled with faith and hope because they're going into another dimension. So is there any biblical evidence, Pastor? I can tell you right now, we're not going to get through this. We're not. So just relax. I'll quit when it's time. Two hours, Pastor Jim. Okay, I'm going to. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, I know you're tired. I know you're fall back one hour. Lord, please let them leave the clock alone. <laughs> Amen. So what multidimensional, what's in the Bible? You know, is, is there any heavenly realm? Is just as realms as earthly realm? Is, is it real? Well, y'all have heard me talk about three heavens. But Paul was caught up. He speaks in a third person like uh, 14 years ago. Uh, this man had a vision, caught up, caught up. In fact, I looked up that word, caught up. It's the same word in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Uh, how many know one of these days we are going to be caught up too? Hey, you might be living here, just going two in the field, one taken and the other left. Two will be grinding the meal. One's going to be caught up and the other one's going to keep grinding. I don't know what part you want to play, but I want to be in the rapture bunch. Caught up. Some scholars say that they think he was over there in Lystra where he was stoned to death and left for dead. He had this vision. He, Paul even says, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. So he kind of validates. He said, I'm not sure. This vision I saw of the third heaven, I'm not sure if it was in the here, seeing there, 
or me being translated like, you know, over there. At, either, at any rate, he talks about three heavens, and there are. There are the atmosphere, 20 miles up, right? Oh, you're breathing, the atmosphere, first heaven. Second heaven is the cosmos, where the prince of the power of the air lives, has dominion. Not all power, but some power. That's why you can't fight him on the first dimension. Are y'all hearing me? You need more than a worldly influence to take care of what's going on up there. You better get a hold of this because where we're going in the future, you're going to need more than church once a month. You're going to have to go to the heavenlies every day. How do you get there? Well, spiritual Pentecostal people, how many know they pray in the spirit? In the spirit. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. It's one thing to be in church on the Lord's day. It's another thing to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. Right here in Springfield, all kinds of people in church doesn't mean they're in the spirit. There's a lot of flesh going on in the church, a lot of party. Let's just have another party. And I want to celebrate too. But you know when I get the most happy? When my shoes fall off and I'm heading straight up to heaven. I don't know, maybe my shoes will go too. I don't know. But here it is. It's, 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 uh, it's three heavens, the atmosphere of the cosmos, and then the third heaven is the abode of God. That's where God dwells, where God lives. So, so when Jesus is praying, pray this way. He says, uh, you know, on earth, right, as it is in heaven. So Jesus kind of correlates the spiritual dimensions. He said, there's that which is happening here. And he said, uh, uh, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Simply means that it's already established in heaven. Every spiritual blessing is already in heavenly places, preserved for you. So Jesus said, if you learn how to pray, if you learn how to leave this dimension, go to the next dimension, you can pull. You can pull from there down here. Every gift, James says, every gift God has, the Father sends from the Father of lights, right? From the Lord above. Everything from above comes down. The only thing from down that's going up is us in the rapture when he says, can't wait. But in the meantime, we have to teach. So Paul was seeing things, tough things. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. Spiritual realm, he was there. But... Uh, but he said it's so hard to even explain. Why? Because he said, I can't hardly articulate with the, with the vocabulary, Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic or English. I can't even fathom the things I saw in the third heaven. And some of you might have had dreams. I know Rick DeBose had a, a vision, just put out a new book in the spirit. Talks about seeing the throne of God. Pretty intense. I bought the book, you know. And, and, and listen, if you look at the book, you want to make sure that his experience matches up with God's word. Too many people are going by somebody's personal experience overriding God's word. How I many know oh, that's a bad place to be? There's a lot of cuckoo-ness going on. And that's why people are afraid of spiritual things. That's why, that's why the Israelites said, Moses, you go talk to God. We're scared of him. They couldn't handle the physical appearance of God on the earth with the thunderings and the lightnings and the tremblings of the mountain. They just so caught up in the mountain, they forgot about the God of the mountain. Last week's message, right? 
So I just want to take you on a couple of journeys here. Let's go back to the beginning. Adam and Eve actually lived in the spiritual world. They were walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. A state of innocence, a state of perfection. Wonderful. Nothing was out. The mist watered the garden. All they had to do was tend to it, name the animals, take care of them. I don't know if they got dirty. No dirty sheep. This dimension, dirty. That dimension, not dirty. I'm not talking shepherding today. I'll deal with that another day. But, whoo, man, shepherding is not for the wimps. These sheep can go nuts. So, so he's walking with God in the state of perfection. Satan was also on the earth at that time. And, and Adam and Eve's innocence was lost as Satan came to tempt them. And when they sinned in Genesis 3, 7, it says, their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. What? You've been naked for all eternity. Why are you just realizing it now? And they ran and hid themselves. But how many glad for the awesome grace of God that caused a sacrifice and covered them? How many know perfect love covers a multitude of sin? God so loved them, had a plan from the beginning, from the foundation of the earth, and his sign. I don't know what you think they uh, sacrificed or God sacrificed. I think it was a lamb. The Bible doesn't say, but that lamb or that lamb motif is all the way through the Bible. I mean, it's there in the beginning and it's there in the end. Jesus is the lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the earth. So God, I don't know, you feel like what you want to feel. Since I'm preaching today, it was a lamb. So, it opened their eyes. So, (laughs) you in the heavens, uh, there is warfare, right? But there's also worship. But this is powerful because when they were in the brilliant glory of their heavenlies, their observation of the physical world was uh, diminished. I mean, dimmed down and, and didn't even notice they were naked until sin came in. So what they do, they left one dimension where they didn't even see sin or notice sin or have a problem with sin. But they, you know what? They, they hung around the wrong tree too long. They went to the tree that God said, do not go and eat from. And there's where temptation came and their desire to have what they couldn't have led them to be aware. Sin opened their eyes and now they're naked. Whoa. It tells me both the positive and the negative. If, if, if negatively I'm so caught up here that I can't see there, positively I'm so caught up there I can't see here. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth, what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So that's what happened to Adam and Eve. And, uh, and, and they were not bothered until they got close to the wrong tree. Once they sinned, the light of God's glory was turned off, and now their their view of the physical realm was intensified, and now they realized they were naked and they hid from God. But thank God for his redeeming love. Amen? How about Jacob? Since you weren't impressed by Adam and Eve, let's go to Jacob. Jacob. I mean, Chrissy preached through the whole Bible. I mean, I'm I'm selective on the choices I can make. (laughs) Jacob saw a clear interaction at Bethel the house of God, the house of bread, right? At Bethel is where he saw a vision, a two-dimensional vision. He saw in a dream a stairway uh, resting on the earth, 
and, and the top of the stairway reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were going up and down the stairs. And above the stairs was God, and on the bottom of the stairs was Jacob. And God and Jacob were wrestling, which I believe right now in the name of Jesus, somebody's wrestling. In Jesus' name, somebody's wrestling with God. Can I just give you a hint? Give up, or he's going to break your hip. Because that's what he does. But I love what Jacob said. Jacob said, you know what? I'm not leaving this place until you send a blessing. Jacob understood something. It's frustrating down here. It's hard because we can't fathom. We can't, we can't wrap our minds about the incredibly intense and powerful, majestic God and the heavenlies. And, 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 and I don't think God had planned for us to be stupefied and so dumb we can't even get to the next level. I believe God's going to be taking somebody to the next level today. I wonder, in this place, does anybody want to go to another level? Well, it's going to cost you something, but I hope to take you there. I hope to take you there. Let's see what else we got here. Read a lot of scripture, preacher. Look at Ephesians 6.12 when it comes to warfare. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So a lot of activities going on in heavenly places. Wickedness. Satan is a prince of the power of the air. Prince of Persia. Iran. That's what I got out of, of, of Daniel when he had sent a prayer. Remember? Daniel sent a prayer. It was delayed. 21 days. And, and the angel said, you know what? Uh, sorry the, the, the delay there. But there was a war going on. Michael the archangel had to come in and do warfare against the prince of Persia. So I wanted to know who's the prince of Persia. I don't know how you study the Bible, but I want to know. If it says the prince of Persia, you, you see, we act like that's not real. It's all an allegory. It's all, it's like a fairy tale is made up. I mean, no, there is real warfare, real demonic forces. Some believe maybe even territorial over the nation of Persia. And when I look at my little old eschatology. It looks like they're still having problems with the prince of Persia. Could Satan still have? Hmm. You say what you will. I mean, oh, Persia will not win in the end. But Israel will because the battle is not between the Jews and the Persians. Between God and Satan. And God always wins. So many people today, how confused is the world trying to take sides on the issue? How dumb is that? They're seeing the symptoms, and they're not seeing the real root of the problem. How I many the root of the problem is in the next level? It's in the next level. That's why you can't get spiritual perspective, because your eyes and your thinking and your words are all down here. Look in the good book. How I many know the book will reveal it to you? How many people say, I don't understand revelations? Get a clue. You read the newspaper, you don't say, I don't understand the newspaper today. Yeah, yeah, you do. JoJo killed Sally. How simple is that? Well, I don't know if JoJo really killed Sally. And we spiritualize everything and we just, we just become mystified and stupefied like we're in a drunken state. And the church in America today has just kind of been coma state, especially since COVID. It's like, <laughs> 
I'm not going there. Almost went there, but I'm not going there. Y'all can read my mind. Y'all know me enough. So, so this is a deal. Uh, Jacob actually built a memorial there thinking that this was the only door to open toward heaven at Bethel. In other words, this is the only place where man can get access to God is at Bethel. The memorial's there to this day. Moses, what about Moses? Well, I may not finish. No, definitely not. Moses was at the burning bush, and we did a whole sermon on that, listening to God, learning that the spiritual realm and, and, the, and the physical realm actually touched at the burning bush, that Moses could, could commune with Yahweh. He could actually hear God. Although there's this bush uh, on fire, but it's not being consumed. It's called a theophany. It's a theophany. It's a manifestation of God on earth from that dimension to this dimension because he can't, earth can't handle our God. He's too awesome. I wish somebody would celebrate with me. Our God is so awesome. He has to peer and smoke and furnaces and, and bushes and, 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 and fireplaces and furnaces and, and man can't even find I looked and saw, but there's not three men there. There's four. And the fourth man looks like, if it looks like a duck and quacked like a duck, it's probably a duck. I mean, that was Jesus. It's a Christophany. Anyway, Moses was understanding that God traveled down here as a cloud by day and a fire by night. Now, Mr. Moses, who's the real shepherd? See, God the Father, Yahweh, he knows how to shepherd his people. It's not like God was so desperate he needed Moses. Moses couldn't even talk. Can I help you, God? Moses doesn't need our frailty. I mean, God doesn't need Moses and all of our frailty. God chooses to work with this. I know I'm shocked too. He can make a donkey talk. I mean, oh, he can help Pastor Ron to preach. So Mount Sinai, God descended on it in fire and smoke billowed up and, the, and the, the mountain trembled. And that's why the people were like, oh, my goodness. He's scary. No, he's not scary. He's awesome. The mountain can't handle God. Are y'all catching this? And the people saw the clashing of the two realms, and they were afraid. But they had the wrong fear, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. So God came close, and God gave Moses the law. And then at the tabernacle was another place of, of communion, a connection. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, Exodus 40. And you could go to the physical tabernacle to meet with the spiritual God. You know what church is? I wish somebody get happy with me this morning. Do you know what's happening in here right now? You came to the house of the Lord, the temple of God, to meet with the God of the temple. Oh, let's just go a little further, a little closer to him. He said, did you not know that your body is the temple of the living God? So if you didn't have a synagogue or a place of worship, right here, how close is God? So the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Let's go to the New Testament because I see you, you're weighing heavy and lose, I'm losing you. But uh, is anybody getting anything out of this? Just a little trip through the Bible. And uh, Jesus, I love to talk about Jesus. A two-dimensional Jesus. He is, in his humanity, he had some limitations operating in the physical, but yet he had no sin. Therefore, he still had access to spiritual realm while on earth. The heavens were open to Jesus. Have you ever heard the term that the heavens are brass? 
It's a term that says that there's no access, nothing going on here because the heavens are brass over us. And I understand that there's power in the prince of the power of the air has territorial things that he can, how I many know darkness can hide or, or hinder the light, but it doesn't take but one little bit of light to overcome the darkness. But there are places, I think of Haiti and Dominican. Dominican, heavens are not brass over Dominican. We had revival over there. Went to Haiti with Melissa. What? You can sense, you can sense the demonic feeling of voodoo had to sold their soul to Satan. That's why we have missionaries. It's the hope of glory. I said, we need to be a, a, a pleasing fragrance to the perishing. So we send missionaries to Haiti and China and Russia and all over the world. That's why we do what we do. We have to transform earth. But before we can have any transformation, there has to be some revelation to the heavenlies. To the heavenlies we go. Let's go with Jesus. So how about his baptism? When Jesus was baptism, the inauguration of his ministry, the heavens opened and the voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Listen to him. Okay? Long before Facebook. Listen, Linda. Listen to this guy. He's the one. Same thing they said at the Mount of Transfiguration. Hey, this is him. Listen to him. This is the one. This is the son of the living God, Messiah, Jehovah. He's God on earth. What? So he had no sin. Therefore, he had this access. His temptation. Look, Satan spoke to Jesus as he did Eve uh, to divert him from obedience to the Father. But this time in the wilderness, I mean, no, Satan lost. Why did Satan lose? Because Jesus had the word of God. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. It is not God's will for me to listen to your lies. Man shall not live by bread alone. Got to make these stones turn into bread. For you? Who are you? I mean, no, Satan is nothing. He's a defeated foe. And if we need to put him where he belongs. I said, how many know we need to put Satan in his rightful place and Jesus in his rightful place? And if you're going to be seated with anybody, how many know you need to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus? That's where the transformation is going to come. I hope you're getting something out of this. Let's go further. You know, after, after Jesus won and Satan left, the angels came and ministered to Jesus. You know that. Because he was human and God. So he also frequently interacted with the spiritual realm, casting out demons. And calming storms. So he's in the boat, sleeping. Disciples who were very much professionals, who'd been on the sea a thousand times, they've seen storms come up. In fact, a good, a professional Peter, James, and John would not even, Josiah would not even get in the boat. They can see the signs of the storm. But this was no ordinary storm. I mean, when you get into the Holy Spirit and you start going to the next dimension, then you can start seeing it as it really is. Because, see, the storms on the Galilee Sea don't just come up all of a sudden. And then Jesus wakes up and says, you stop, and they go all of a sudden. Jesus knew it was a demonic attack from the heavens. So the heavenly one said, shut up and be in your rightful place. I mean, no, that's authority. 
That's authority. He who is over heaven and earth went to the second heaven to take care of what was bothering me on the first. That's what happened there. If you want, I'll go further, but you don't. So I will go on to the next. Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus parts the curtain between the two realms. He had access. Sees Moses and Elijah. What? Sees Moses and Elijah. Are you kidding me? They are dead. Oh, well, one of them was dead. The other one was well translated. And yet here they are in the New Testament. I mean, well, there's some pretty serious things going on in the heavenlies. There's some activity. God said, okay, hey, Moses, hey, Moses, you go over there. Elijah, what are you doing? Get over there. God's still in control of all of it. I said, the earth is his footstool. It's where he rests his feet. He has dominion over all of it. How many believe sovereign God is still in control? Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't fear. Don't give up. God is still in control. That's some serious stuff if you get it. So, look what Jesus did. He had access to call on heaven, Matthew 26, 23. Do you think, he said, when Peter cut off Malchus's ear, remember the story? They came to get him like a criminal. You're coming at me like a criminal? My father had this plan for a long time. I mean, I've been, uh, I sat with you and did teaching with you. Why are you coming at me like a criminal? But Peter sliced off ear of, of Malchus. And Jesus says this, put away your sword, Peter. You don't understand. Peter, do you not think I cannot call my father and he will once at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? I mean, oh, that's some pretty powerful stuff. Hey, Peter, don't try to win this on your own. You can't beat the devil on this dimension. I could go to the next dimension and annihilate this whole thing right now if I wanted to. That's what he told Pilate. Pilate, you have no authority over me. You're not taking my life. I'm laying my life down. I'm in control of this situation because I don't live here. I'm a citizen up there. And my hope is not money or mansions down here. Have all you want. My hope is built on Jesus Christ and the revelation he's coming to get me. Man, his crucifixion. What happened there? Tore the veil, and the temple was torn. The physical, the mountain of Calvary. All kinds of things are happening, not just down here. And we look at it, oh, why do we have an earthquake for? Because this earth can't handle what God has on the mountain. And then he goes into the grave. I know it's not Easter, but I'm feeling ready to preach this message right here. He's dead. He's dead. Or so they think he is. Because it appears that he can't breathe. It appears he's been dead. It appears Lazarus was dead four days and even smells like he's dead. How many know you're not dead till God says you're dead? (laughs) Ah! He said in three days I'm coming out of here. And how many know that's what he did? That's what he did. He broke through. You see, (laughs) the stone wasn't rolled away. For Jesus to come out. The stone was rolled away for Peter and John to look in. God has a bigger plan. Don't be so small in your thinking. Look a little bigger. Look beyond what you see into the word of God. And then the ascension. Supreme authority over heaven and earth. So they were at the 
Galilee, 500 who witnessed his resurrection. By the way, when he was in his resurrector state, 40 days traveling on the earth, he walked through walls. He said, hey, the peace I have, I'm going to give to you. Not like the world gives. You want peace from this dimension? It's not going to last. But if you'll get the peace that I give you from the next dimension, you'll never have a worry in your life. Man, this will preach in a Pentecostal church. So supreme authority over heaven and earth. And he goes up, and they see him go up, Acts 1A, or Acts 1, 1. And they saw him go up, and the angel said, hey, hey, why do you gaze on this dimension? <laughs> what you see, this same Jesus, is going to the next dimension. They couldn't see beyond the clouds. Jesus didn't go up in a cloud. And don't get caught up. He's not going to come back in a cloud. Cloud has nothing to do with it. He's going through the heavenlies. He went through the heavenlies with his own blood for a purpose to lay the blood on the mercy seat so that the Father would be pleased with the sacrifice and pay for the penalty of sin that I couldn't see him because I had sinned, but he could see me. So he offers his own blood on the sacrifice altar, and now I can see. Now I can see. If in your reading of your Bible, you're on this low, low level, you need to get to the next dimension. If you're asking questions, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Now, there's some things down here I don't understand, like algebra. So, like, I guess I wasn't saved and I had too much drinks. I don't know what I had. Party lifestyle. I didn't know better. I was actually blind. Satan had blinded these eyes, just like all the rest of the world. That's why we pray. That's why we give. That's why we go, right? I was so blind. But man, when he saved me, I could see. I could see. I was blind, but now I see. And then uh, the early church. Well, let's not forget the day of Pentecost. How I many know oh, heaven came down and glory filled my soul? Heaven came. So it came down. A mighty rushing wind came from heaven to earth and baptized everybody. Who was there? You don't have to jump up and down, cut yourself like the prophets of Baal. You don't have to scream and holler all night long. Elijah said one word, Father God, come and fire. And he came in the book of Acts. And now you and I have illumination by the power of the Spirit. So he was with us, but now he is in us. How close can he be? I had friends asking me about, uh, about UFOs the other day. Preachers. It's like, you're asking me about UFOs. Get a clue, sir. How do I not know you are UFOs? Nanu, nanu. You know? Go get a clue. Go back to Bible school, UFO. I got distracted. How about uh, the early church? I'm, I'm done. Chrissy, come back because I'm just going to go a couple of more and then on the, on the uh, 26th and preach the rest of this. How many like to hear the rest of this story? Just gave you the foundation, all these. But basically, whenever um, Stephen was being stoned to death, the Bible says he saw into the heavenlies. 
He was on this dimension, saw through the next dimension. He said, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. That's the third heaven. So he actually saw from this first dimension, second dimension, he saw into the third dimension. Which tells me today, you have the potential in the Spirit to see to the third heaven. And if you could only see, if you could see. Peter was in prison and the angel appeared and slapped him on the hip side. Hey, get up, wake up, it's time to move. What, what? Peter was in a stupefied state, much like we all are in the first dimension. What's happening? What's happening? You're getting out of jail today, Peter. Me? And the church was praying that he get out of jail. Then when Peter got to the door, they said, you're out. Why would you pray to the second to third dimension if you're not going to believe it on the first dimension? Why would you talk about going to heaven if you don't believe it's real? So your prayers here affect what happens there. John the Revelator, and here's where I'm going to shut it down. It's the last book of the Bible. The Bible says he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he saw it all. And God said, write it down, buddy. Write it down. Because there's a church at 1320 South Oak Grove Avenue needs to hear and see it all. Hey. And we will leave this old world. Folks, one day soon, we too who see through a glass darkly on this dimension will see him face to face. How many look forward to seeing Jesus? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. When we see Christ. So I can't see him here. What do I do in the meantime? You start seeing with your spiritual eyes. Let the Lord help you. Open Open your spiritual eyes. How many are ready to go to a higher level, a new dimension? Come on, if you're ready, stand to your feet this morning. we got to get out of here. What's the point, Pastor? His glory is available to those who ask, who seek, who knock. His glory will transform you, heal you, shape you, guide you in every way and allow you to be empowered to see change. Allowing heaven to touch earth will cost you something. Salvation's full and free. But Satan's trying to make you pay a price. You're not going to see the wrath of God. How many know Jesus already took the wrath of God for you? Does anybody understand that? That's what Calvary's all about. He took the wrath of God for you. If you're here today and you do not know the Lord as your Savior, you listen to preacher. The wrath of God is not going to come to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? So if you come to Jesus by faith and ask him to live into your heart, confess your sins he will forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness he will open your eyes illuminate your spirit you will come alive if you'll give your heart to jesus if you're here today and you need to get that confession of your faith you need to come and confess jesus these altars are open for you if you're here this morning and you're part of the church and you're tired of living below the level of potential god gave to you eating crumbs underneath the table when the king has made a table spread where the saints of god can be fed aren't you tired of low living aren't you tired of carnal ways aren't you tired of just shallow church go to another level just remember new level 
new devil. Because he ain't going to be happy. So we're going to worship the Lord. You have to separate yourself from the world, all its lusts and desires. You have to be ready to receive the glory. Walk in obedience as Moses did when God said, go. Stand over there in the cleft of the rock. You want to see my glory, Moses? Separate yourself. Go over there. Follow in simple obedience. Go stand over there and I will pass by and I'll let you see just a little glimpse. Just a little. You can't handle me, Moses. You can't touch this, buddy. But I see your heart. I know your desire to see my glory. So if you'll just obey me, slide back in the cleft of that rock, I will come by and you can see my backside. And my backside will be good enough to sustain you through the wilderness and through all the commotions about to come into your life. Same thing with Elijah. You see, God always isolates you before he'll ever elevate you. So the way to get into the next level is by humility. So if you need to come to Christ, come to Christ today. If you need to go to the next level, you need to come in humility, not in arrogance. Chrissy mentioned Esther. Esther didn't go to the king in arrogance. Let my people go. No, she came in humility. She knew the risk of going into the king's presence like you know it all. No way. It will require a new way of thinking, a new way of living. This is a, hum a humility of heart, a willing vessel. You must think on these things, things that are pure and wholly acceptable. How is your thought life? What are you thinking about today? What's always on your mind? What's keeping you up at night? Why don't you have peace when Yahweh neither slumbers nor sleeps? I've preached enough. I've gone past my time. These altars are open. I believe God wants to take you personally. See, this thing is personal. He wants to take you to another level. If you desire, if you have desire, listen, your desires will lead to your direction. Desires always lead to direction. That's why James said, when you're drawn away by your own lust, your own desires, it's your decision, it's your choice. If you want more of God, come down here and tell him, I want more of you and less of me so I can get to another dimension where I can start seeing what's really going on, not what's just happening around me. Altars are open. You respond as the Holy Spirit direction. Let's worship the Lord together. Come on. Maybe you just want to.